And that was Mary J. Blige giving you no bad news from the 2015 live album of The Wiz Live. Yes. Hi, my name is Corey Rose, and I'm a multimedia journalism major, double minoring in communication and theater. And you're listening to Behind the Curtain with Corey Rose, a weekly look at South Florida theater professionals who have a unique view on the world around them. I'm here with somebody who has one of my names, and it feels weird. <laughs> it feels right to me. <laughs> I'm here with Miss Lindsay Corey. Yes, hello. Carbonell winner, two-time Silver Palm winner. Thank you. Yes, I'm glad to be here. What's poppin'? Everything, honey. Everything. How Thanks for you? having me. Aw, Thanks for coming. Of how, course. How are you feeling? I feel good. Um, it's been a long day, but I'm happy to be here with you finally. So Good. I yeah. always like to start my show off by asking my guests something you did, something you ate, and something you saw this past week. Oh, okay. Um, something I did. It's more like not just this week, but it's been for about the past month or so. I've been on this health kick, and I'm trying to get my body back in order. So um, I've been eating right and exercising every single day for the past like 36 or 37 days. I can't remember how many, but I've been journaling it. So yeah, I'm just trying to get my body Ooh, back on track. Um, for, for this, for weight loss, for sure. But yeah, it's just nice to wake up and like journal about your dreams and what you want to accomplish for the day so. i started bullet journaling at yeah. the beginning of 2019 it's been so helpful with like productivity and yes, keeping making my lists and like straight. yes keeping your yeah keeping okay. yourself on track we got to compare journals after okay. that. <laughs> yeah. um and then okay what else was it something you did something you ate and something you saw something i ate oh okay so yesterday um i since i'm on this health kick I um, ordered from this place on Postmates, and it's called the Green Bar and Kitchen. It's on 17th Street in Fort Lauderdale. It is vegan taco salad. I, exactly. That sounds good. I mean, it's, it's good, but it's not meat. So I was like, what am I looking at here? It was walnut taco meat. And it was, I'm telling you, when I tell you it is the best salad I've ever had, it it's an understatement. It was so bomb you got to try it okay so, so give me some deets what's in it so the walnuts are like ground up with like um this all these spices and things and then there's this all this beautiful you know lush greens underneath and then there's um there was corn and there was um all these raw dressings and things like cashew milk whatever i mean it was just <laughs> it was insane it was awesome something i saw um well I haven't seen it yet, but something I'm about to see is um, Harlow at FAU Theater Lab. Theater Lab. Shout yes. out to Elijah Mosley. Um, actually, um, I have a bunch of friends in the show, um, but more importantly, I do have a favorite person. Um, he, I'm married to him. He did all of the composing and all the sound design for the show, and we're going to opening night, so I'm very excited about that. So, uh -huh. yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes. Theater Lab is FAU's resident theater company. Professional. Sits, amazing. Yes. Carbonell winning. Shout out to Don Schamberger Costumes for <laughs> The Revolutionist. Yeah, man. It's going to um, be awesome. Yeah. Great work that they do there. Yeah. So let's get started. Okay. <laughs> grill me. Let's do it. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from? How'd you get started in theater? What were some of your first shows? Um, okay, so I'm wearing this shirt to I'm wearing this shirt today. Um, it says home across it and it's got um, the shape of Tennessee around it. So I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, originally born and raised. Um, it was actually a small town outside of Chattanooga. Um, I got started performing um, I was always singing 
my mom was always hearing me sing Patsy Cline songs, Leanne Rhymes. I was always singing country music. And she started taking me to these karaoke nights. So uh, I would be this little five and six year old little girl in these honky tonks with these old <laughs> drunk people and stuff and whatever. I didn't know anything. I just knew that I loved being in front of people and singing. And so after that, my mom um, got me enrolled in some dance classes and some drama classes and drama camps. And after that, uh, there was a magnet school that opened up, and it was actually started based on the program of New World School of the Arts um, high school program. So we're kind of, they were kind of sister schools, and I got started there in eighth grade, and I went there from eighth grade to when I graduated, and then I ended up getting um, to go to New World School of the Arts for college. So it was kind of a serendipitous trajectory that my life took. What were some of the first roles that you played? Oh, um, I was in a community theater production of Gypsy. I was one of the Tori Adorables and also an Apple Girl. Now, an Apple Girl, at the age of 14, I had a bathing suit on, and I had two plush um, apples on my pert little breasts <laughs> as a 14-year-old. So I was a little, um, I was just kind of thrown to the wolves and thought, well, you know what, this is acting and this is what, you know, this part entails. And my mom just kind of cringed through it and we got through it. But it was fun. And, um, uh, oh, in high school I did um, Fistrata and Pippin and the narrator in Joseph. And uh, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob and Sam. yeah, so good. Um, and then my first sort of professional um, show was I was Sandy in Greece, so that was fun. And I was like fifteen or something at the time. So how old were you when you just when you decided okay, acting is what I want to do as a career? I guess I really didn't understand that you could do this for a career. I mean, I understood that people were movie stars, but they were like super skinny and lived in California and like were gorgeous. And I didn't realize that theater um, and also the arts is, it's all inclusive. We're all supposed to um, portray these characters and they're all shapes, sizes, colors, uh, gender fluid. It's all, we're all, there's a place for all of us. And I kind of figured that out with my group of friends in high school that this was something that that I felt compelled to do, that I thought, maybe I can, maybe I am good enough, maybe I can do this for a living. And what did you learn from playing those roles at such a young age? Um, I, res I learned a lot of responsibility um, and the, the juggling act that it takes to be a professional in this industry. Um, you know, you want to be a star, everyone wants to, oh, I'm going to be on Broadway, but in reality, there's so much more to getting to where you want to be and defining your own success. So being able to juggle work or school um, with, you know, performing and going to rehearsals and finding time to do housework and all these things, juggling those things came at a very young age for me. I'm sure so, that was very instrumental as you went to college. Yeah, it it, it was because I was not only going to college um and having to have all these new responsibilities, like no one's washing my clothes, no one's cooking <laughs> dinner for me, you know, who buys the toilet paper, you know, that's all me. But I also was, 
um, away from home. You know, I was 850 miles away from my hometown. I didn't have any family here. You know, you just kind of have to make your own way. And I think going away to college and having those um, skills already, you know, developed at a young age, I was set up for success. So you got to college. What did you major in? I majored in musical theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but at New World, there's such an intense, um, it's a conservatory. So everything that you do in musical theater, the acting, the singing, and the dancing, there's an equal stress on all three of those things, which I think is very important. There are some programs um, that are s- wonderful programs, but they concentrate more on one of the aspects, and then the other two kind of fall into like a secondary place. Right, like a back seat. Right, and then you feel kind of like that's a weakness, which I think um, we shouldn't view anything that we do as a weakness. I think that it's always uh, something that we can improve upon and it can be a strength eventually. But I think that whenever all three are stressed equally, you kind of realize, wow, being in musical theater, this is a large undertaking. This is a big deal. So, you know, it's a it's a cool program. I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still here. It's still yeah, in Miami, right? in Miami. I'm on the Miami-Dade uh, campus. Nice. Yeah. So you realized you wanted to pursue acting while you were in college, and all of a sudden you hear the word equity. Yes. When was the first time you heard the word equity? Um, the first time that I heard the word equity was um, one of my very first um professional shows I was doing a production of Oliver at Actors Playhouse and um, someone had brought it up to me and even before that um, I did my first professional show um, it was summer shorts with City Theater with Stuart Meltzer and he had brought up becoming a member of EMC which I didn't really understand. I knew he was pushing me to do it. I didn't really understand what it was. And he said, trust me, you want to join this program. I didn't even remember that I had joined. You know, <laughs> I was just getting these points and, and um, still still working, but not realizing the, the, the depth of what this union does for actors. And so when I was doing Oliver at Actors Playhouse, um, one of the other actors said, Hey, uh, are you, you know, EMC? And I was like, yes, actually, I am. Uh, yeah. And he was like, oh, cool. Well, I'm a member of Equity. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I remember <laughs> getting home immediately and Googling the crap out of it and being like, what am I even talking about? I want to be cool. I want to be like these professional people, but I have no idea. So I educated myself on it. And I'm so glad that I did because now I'm a member of the union and I, I love it. So what is the EMC? And in turn, what is Actors' Equity Association? Um, EMC is the Equity Membership Candidacy Program. Um, It is a a part of Actors' Equity Association. It is a way for people that are not in the union to become a part of the union through a process. So what happens is if a non-union person gets hired at an equity house, they can join the EMC program. At that point, they pay an initiation fee, which can then be applied later on to whenever you join the union for your application fee and all that and your dues. Um, And once you do that, you then try to accrue a certain amount of weeks. It has just been lessened recently from 50 weeks to 25 weeks, which is incredible, which means we're going to have more and more people in the union sooner, which is wonderful. 
And then you pay um, again once you have um, accrued those weeks, and then you can be in the union. It's pretty fantastic. It's a way to, as opposed to being offered your equity card, you are able to earn it in a way. Right. By putting in those hours. When you apply, how is the application process? Is it you send off videos of you performing? Is it paper? It's actually really, really simple. Um, if it's a union house, which this this program was a union um, production, they have all of that available to you. And they present it to you on the first day and they ask you, would you like to be in this you know, program, and it's something that you fill out, you write a check, and that's it. It has nothing to do with um, with if they think you're talented enough or if you are, you know, who you know. It's just if you have been trusted to be on an equity contract at an equity house, they trust that the people that hired you know what they're talking about and that this is someone that, you know, is expressing interest in the union, and it's a good thing. So when you first got out of school, were the shows that you did equity or were they EMC that you were working towards getting your card for? Um, so most of them were union shows at the beginning. And so I was accruing these hours. And I think I got up to like 26 hours or something, which at that time you had to have 50. Mm -hmm. And I still, even if I'd had 50 at that point, I would not have taken my card because it wasn't my time. I hadn't... Um, beefed up my resume enough. I wasn't, I was still green. I, I wasn't ready. And I think that's the most important thing to remember to these people who have the amount of hours that they need or the, the, the weeks that they need. Just because you have them, it doesn't mean that you are ready to, but when you are ready to, the union is there to protect you. It's there to support you. And it's, it's really a wonderful organization. Well, you touched on being ready. Can you describe or elaborate what you mean? Yeah, I think I was non-union for the first four or five years of my career. And I really wanted to use that time to explore working at different um, theater companies, um, figuring out what the kind of actor and the kind of performer that I wanted to be. And um, through those years and you know, working for very little money, working long hours, trying to, you know, make ends meet. I, I found out a lot about myself and I found out if I really, really wanted this now that I knew what it was going to take, did I really want to do this for the rest of my life? And once I was ready to take myself truly seriously in that way as an artist, that's when I said this, it's time. And I, I, I've made the connection connections that I need to make. I know you know, who I want to become as an artist and who I am, and I'm ready. And so did that signal your shift between acting on the side and just acting? Yeah, or... I was trying I was trying to act all the time, but, you know, down in, you know, in regional theater, it's very difficult to, to do this and this alone. You have to, you got to eat, right? Right. Um, you got to um, sustain yourself somehow and you got to put a roof over your head and you need good audition clothes. You know, you need, you need to, to, you know, build your book that costs money to build your, your uh, vocal book, you know, all of these things, you know, I was working um, at Johnny Rockets for a while, which I mean, I love it, but like it was hard work and it was, I was exhausted at the end of the day. You know, they make you dance there. For our <laughs> so, listeners who don't know what Johnny Rocket is, care to elaborate? Johnny Rockets is kind of an all American diner style 
fast foody kind of sit down place where there's jukeboxes and um, soda jerks and they make milkshakes and it's terribly unhealthy, but it's delicious. But the um, the waiters and waitresses are required to dance. So whenever a certain <laughs> song comes on, they all come around and they start dancing and grooving. And it's fun, but it's it's like, you know, performing when you're not performing, you know. Right. But, yeah. So that actually brings me to one of my other questions. Okay. When you were in school and when you were first out of school and working and doing shows, what did you do on the side? Um, actually, I'm still doing it. Um I have officially been at this job for 10 years now since I graduated. So um, here we go. I was looking for some work um, to do, and I wanted it to be something that wasn't, it it was out of the ordinary. And I I was in a situation where I met a very special person, my now husband, Matt Corey. We were just friends. And he said, hey, I work at this place called Insight for the Blind. And it's in Fort Lauderdale, and it's a recording studio. And we make books and magazines for the Library of Congress and their Talking Books program. And we need someone to come on as um, kind of an all-hands-on-deck position at that point. But I've kind of evolved into a production specialist, and I kind of engineer a lot of the stuff. And so, long story short... We end up becoming romantically involved. He then becomes the president and CEO of the company, and I'm still there. And I run the magazine department, and it's it's a beautiful way to to uh, give back, but also I have a job. And you know that whenever you're leaving that place every day, you're doing something fulfilling, fulfilling, and good for other people too. You know, so. The, it's great because the the hours are flexible, and everyone that comes in those doors that isn't on staff is a volunteer. So they all want to be there and they all want to help people read that can't read in a traditional manner. So it's a really nice way to spend my days when I'm not on stage. Right. That's just really sweet to hear that you found a husband and a fulfilling career all in the same place. It's like I was supposed to be here. It's like, why did I end up in Florida? You know, and you don't realize whenever things are slowly happening to you, but then as you get a little older and you kind of look at the the path that you've taken, you go, wow, I was really supposed to, this is where I'm supposed to be. This right. is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? So how has your experience as an actress changed from being non-equity to becoming equity? Um, It's been, it was scary at first because I did not know if I was going to work again Um, because all of a sudden I... I now am a part of this union that if you don't know what it does, you know, everything that you're scared of, it's usually because it's the unknown, right? Right. And you don't know what's going to happen to you. So I was really afraid that everyone was going to say, oh, well, she's in the union now. We can't afford her. So we'll take somebody else. That was not my experience. Um, I have been lucky enough. I would knock on wood, but we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) I have been very, very fortunate enough to have worked consistently since I graduated, which now I feel so old, but has been a decade. And I'm, it's not lost on me. I am very, very grateful and humbled and thankful for that. I mean, I know that it was scary at first, but I'm so glad that I made that leap. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel as though now that you're equity, you are doing a different caliber of work? Do you experience that the work has gotten harder or easier or... I think um, 
I think as you grow, you you do find different ways to challenge yourself and all that. I do think, though, that the way that people look at me and the way that I take myself more seriously and my, my craft more seriously, I think that has been the, has been the biggest shift is that people look at you a little differently when you take that leap. They they know that you are you're ready, committed. you're committed and you're serious about this because this it's the it is the step in a in a young person's career. Right. And what are the benefits of joining the Equity Association? Oh, there are so many. It is so fantastic. Um so I actually have a couple of things here. Um there they're there to protect you, the the actors and the stage managers. It's it's a uni it's a union for both, um, and you are guaranteed a certain amount of salary. Like your minimum salary is set no matter what, with the different sizes of houses, houses meaning the the house size of the the auditorium that you're performing in or the the small space. Um, if you're working overtime, you're guaranteed to be compensated for that. Um, your housing and your per diem on tour is taken care of. You know, um, there are work rules, um, how many hours you can be worked in a day, the amount of breaks that you're required to have, um, the days off that you're able to have. And one of my favorite things is the safe and sanitary conditions. There's a list of things that you go through if, if you're the... Um, the deputy on a show, which means you're kind of the head equity person on that right. show. And um, shout out to Christina Baronio, our equity <laughs> oh, deputy from her. Summer Rep last year. She's the best. Um, we'll have to tag her in this so she can yes. hear her little shout out. <laughs> um, but the safe and sanitary is so important because um, it, it ensures that where you are and, and the conditions under which you're working are safe and clean. You know, we take that stuff for granted um, when we're younger and we go, oh, I can work with cockroaches running around and there's oh not enough God. mirrors and space and for everybody. But that's not OK. And it should never happen. And, you know, you live and you learn. But you, you do realize in this business that you have to stand up for yourself and your standards, you know. Right. Um, oh, the most important thing that I can stress is the health insurance, the pension and the 401k. It is amazing. Y'all get 401ks. Heck yeah. It's amazing. But listen, this health insurance, if you work 11 weeks out of the year, you're guaranteed, and that's just 11 weeks in a year, in a calendar year, you get health insurance for six months for $100 per quarter. That's $200 for six months of coverage. And it is incredible coverage. If you work 19 weeks out of the year, you get the full year of coverage for $400. That is incredible health care for $400 a year. I mean, it's unheard of. It's, it's amazing. Right. Um, and the pension is wonderful because as a young person, you don't really realize that, you know, you don't think that far ahead, or at least most people don't. And I know that I didn't. And now I'm getting these papers in the mail telling me about this money that's owed to me that I'm going to get one day when I retire. It's pretty amazing. I love it. Wow. I did yeah. not know y'all get 401k. <laughs> There's that, all kinds of stuff. It's all over, over the website. Like, hmm. <laughs> so have you ever experienced a time where you were like, thank God I'm equity because they just saved my butt? Actually, yes. I have been under a couple of circumstances where there has been some unsafe uh, things going on and um, some people trying to get away with not paying people in a certain amount of time and all that. And it's amazing if you reach out to that union, they are there for you and they respond immediately. And if they 
aren't the person to help you, they put you in contact with the very next person and they'll help you take care of it. It's solidarity. They're there to help you. They're there with you. They're to, they're there to keep you safe. And it's so that you don't have to worry and you don't have to feel like you're the squeaky wheel speaking up. It's all of us speaking up. We're there for you. You know, we're right. there for each other. We're they're the voice for all of us. What makes people <laughs> resistant to joining the equity? That's a good question. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with it. I think that there's this stigma that goes along with what if I join and I don't get as much work, you know, no one will hire me as much. And it's just, here's the thing. If you, if the director wants you for the job, you'll get the job. They'll figure out a way to, to pay for it, to, to figure it out, to write the contract in a certain way to where they're able to get you on board. I always talk to my husband about this. It's 50% talent and 50% do I want to hang out with this person for the next three months because this is a long contract. Right. If you're super duper talented and fun to be around and you develop a rapport with people, they're going to hire you. So don't worry if you're equity, if you're not equity, it doesn't matter if you're talented and you're fun, you're going to work. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> you know, what show got you your equity card? I'm so glad you asked me that. Um, it was Rock Odyssey at the Arsht Center, which I think is one of the most incredible things that the city of Miami does in the Arsht Center. It is a program where every fifth grader in the Title I schools in uh, Miami-Dade County get to come and watch this for free. Transportation's for free. Everything's free. These children get to come to this beautiful facility and watch professionals in this incredible rock and roll, haze, crazy lighting spectacle. And it's the story of the Odyssey. So all these children are getting to... Odyssey, like Greek mythology, mm -hmm. Odyssey? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. But, but I get to wear head-to-toe sequins and a crown. <laughs> it is fierce. It is so much fun. You should come. Um, because I'm doing it again this year. I've done it three times now. This is going to be my fourth time around. And so it was the first show that got me my equity card. And now I'm doing it again 10 years later, which is incredible. Um, Are you playing and, the same role? Uh, no. So I started, uh, when I started, I played Athena. And Come on, goddess of wisdom. Yes. And she's kind of like the narrator. She's super spunky and cute. But I've now... Um, graduated or aged into the mom so i'm playing penelope and she's got some killer gospel songs and it's just it's really fun so you guys should check it out it's gonna be at the arch center when is I think it open? Um, oh goodness uh the middle of may and there's one i think there's one public performance so i'll make sure that that's available to you guys and i think it's free so wonderful yeah it's super fun and um it's just so cool to being a being someone who was uh, influenced as a child by musical theater to get to maybe be a part of that for some child out there of those 26,000 kids that get to see it every year it, it means a lot to just know that i'm you know passing it You're passing the back. torch yeah because i will never forget fifth grade third grade mm -hmm. we would go to see even the nutcracker oh so beautiful everybody else sleeping i'm on the edge of my seat yeah. I'm like, okay, is she going to land this launch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's magical. Wicked, like the second national tour when I was in eighth grade, we went oh, on a little field trip. Amazing. It was great. You never forget that stuff. And even if you don't become a performer, you're enriching the lives of these children that will be hopefully future theater goers so that this art form does not die. Right. You know?
theater is amazing. It's right. alive. It's living. You're part of it. It's beautiful. So we're going to switch gears. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are we doing? So... For those of you who don't know, Miss Lindsay is also an excellent dialectist. Well, is that a word? Uh, it is now. It is now because <laughs> I said it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we were in My Fair Lady together, and I got to see her masterfully go through RP, go through Cockney, mm -hmm. go through some excellent songs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a great show. That's how we met, love. Yeah. Come on. Um, so, mm -hmm. I have a little monologue set aside here. Wonderful. And we're going to go through it, and I'm oh. going to shout out you some accents. Okay. And you're going to to nail them perfectly. Uh, we'll see. You know, I have <laughs> These been... are on the spot. They, she I've hasn't... never read this before. But I will say, I... I have been trained in, in most of these, so we'll see. But, I, you know, you usually get to go through the script with IPA and everything. Yeah. Not today, everybody. Not behind this curtain. Oh, that was cute. I know, I, like I know. That. I'm working Keep on that. my, like, on-the-spot stuff. That's cute. I like that. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? All right. Your normal, regular speaking voice. Okay. Are we going to tell them what this is from? Or you, do we... it's, a, it's a competition piece from, like, Junior Thespians. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Here we go. Normal? Yes. I ate them. That's right. I ate the divorce papers, Charles. I ate them with ketchup, and they were good. Good. You probably want me to get serious about our divorce. The thing is, you always called our marriage a joke. So let's use logic here. If A, we never had a serious marriage, then B, we can't have a serious marriage. No, we can't. The whole thing's a farce, Charles. A farce that tastes good with ketchup. Southern. I mean... Wasn't it last week your dad asked you the reason you walked down the aisle with me? And you said, for the exercise. Ha <laughs> ha, that's funny. You're a funny guy, Charles. I'm laughing, not a crying. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm laughing because you're about to give up on a woman who is infinitely lovable. Russian. For instance, Paul. He has loved me since the eighth grade. Sure, he's a little creepy. But he really loves me. He has made 120 passes at me, proposed 47 times, and sent me over 200 original love sonnets. He sees something in me, Charles, and he writes it down in metered verse. And that's not, what's, that's not something you just find every day. Someone who really loves everything about who you are as a person. Paul may be insane. But I value his feelings for me. Cockney. I would never ask him to sign his name to a piece of paper promising to turn his phone off. <laughs> his phone off. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it again. I would never ask him to sign his name to a piece of paper promising to turn his feelings for me forever. But that's what you're asking me to do for you. To sign away my right to, to that sweet voice, Charles. Those baby brown eyes. The way your hands feel through my hair before bed. Regular British. Proper. RP. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, those aren't things I want to lose. In fact, I won't lose them. I won't lose you. I'll woo you. I've written you a sonnet. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough, rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and... I'm not crying. I'm laughing. It's all a very big joke. 
It's very funny, Charles. I keep waiting for you to say April Fools. The Russian. Then I'll rush into your arms, and <laughs> before you're not going... <laughs> but you're not going to, are you? No, of course not. It's not April. I, I didn't really write that sonnet, you know. Paul did. I think it's good. Normal. You see, the truth, the truth is, Charles, I ate the divorce papers. I ate them because I can't stomach the thought of losing you. <laughs> we we'll have to edit some of that out. That was wonderful. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Only for you. Only, Only for you. One of my friends used that competition piece in it's middle great. school, and I haven't. I was looking for it on the internet, and I could not find it's it. It's really cute. And I found it again recently. Shout yeah. out to Marlo. <laughs> Doo -doo -doo. Aww. Mm, you're the best. We Thank should go so on on tour and be Lindsay Corey Rose. You know, I I was sitting over there when I was setting up the recording, <laughs> and I was like, okay, what are some fun Lindsay Corey Rose puns? That's got it. It's just Corey, Lindsay, Lindsay. We're just we're it. We're it. We're the we're the stars. We'll we can take have a it live on. show at the Arch Center. Yes. yes. Okay. I'll talk to my people. <laughs> I'll get my people. I'll pick up this mic. We'll pick up our radio. Let's just go. It. Take this table. Period. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm so excited. Uh, I gotta have you back someday. Oh, you're the best. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming. Oh my God. Any time. <laughs> you're the best. All right. Any last words to our lovely listeners? <sighs> Thank you guys for bearing with me and um, listening to my ramblings. But seriously, if you are interested in the union, check out ActorsEquity.org. There's there's a plethora of information. And um, yeah. And are you doing any shows around here besides uh, Rock Odyssey right now? Um, I don't know that I'm allowed to Say, but I will give what you guys. What is it with this mystery project that is going no, on? No, no, no. It's South different. Florida. It's different. It's okay. different. So, um, because I did listen to your podcast with <laughs> Homegirl, um, uh, Carol Fentel. But um, my, I, I'm sure this is going to come out and it's going to be fine. Um, I'm also doing. Do you remember the the show that I told you that I did my first professional show, Summer Shorts? Right. I'm doing it again at the same time I'm doing Rock Odyssey. So I'm I'm reviving kind of my roots, if you will. So at the same time as the first show I've, I ever did, I'm doing that again at the same time as I'm doing the show that gave me my equity card. So that's really Come cool. Through full circle yes, on it a decade. All comes through. And I then, think Daryl Patrice is part of that. She is. Shout and out I'm to my so queen. Excited. She's so amazing. She's amazing. Oh, I yeah. love how I'm building this like cult of yes. my former guests and they will work so together. I'm like, yes. Yeah. So it'll be network. fun. It'll be fun. You should you definitely, I will should definitely come, come out. down. It's, yeah. Is it city summer shorts or winter city shorts? It's summer shorts with city theater. Okay, cool. City theater is the is the producers of, of this um, production. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> you better come. Yeah, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I have some really exciting news to share because I just found out today and I want to say it oh, hopefully. Right. Yay. As of today, I am going to be directing for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough at Florida Atlantic University in the fall. I'm very excited to get the process started. So y'all will be hearing some more things about that in the coming Amazing. months. Amazing. I cannot wait. That's All awesome. Right. Congrats. Thank you so much. You're <laughs> All right. See y'all next week. Bye.